Hey there, friends. Today is a great day. You're in such a great place. Don't go away, I promise. I have a treat for you today. It's a privilege and a pleasure for me to introduce you to today's guest here on the Creative Shop Talk podcast. I teach my shop owner clients to ask for what they want, to put their CEO hat on and to get a little bit brave. I took my own advice recently and I reached out to the incredible Joe Packham and invited her to come on and chat with me. She's been an incredible, like an incredible inspiration to me for so many years through her magazines called Where Women Create. I don't know if you've heard of them, but I hope so because you're missing out if you haven't. But she's been an incredible inspiration to me for so long. Her official bio, I'm going to read it as I was given it, uh, is that she's a leading innovator in the handmade publishing market for more than 43 years. Joe is currently the creator and editor-in-chief of the two best-selling magazines, Where Women Create, which is an inspiring workspaces for ex- of extraordinary women, and What Women Create, inspiration for your imagination. Well, let me tell you, there's a lot more to that bio. <laughs> I feel like I could go on forever. But what it doesn't say is that she's an incredible, generous soul and she's wicked smart. I mean, just incredibly wicked smart. And it's so obvious to anyone who has the privilege or the pleasure to work with her that she's a huge champion for small businesses. That's why I invited her on here. I just, I just love her information and advice. What she didn't know, though, before we started, and I want to share with you just before we get going, maybe so you'll understand why I get a little bit mushy, gushy. I don't even know if that's the right answer, but I do get a little sappy on the post or in the podcast, uh, is that her magazines had a huge influence on me as I was starting my businesses. Um, There really wasn't much out there. This is way back before Instagram and everything was online and coaches and all of the things. Her magazines really opened up a whole new world to me. I feel like getting mushy again here, but you know, it really helped me figure out what was possible. My imagination went wild and crazy and you know, thinking and dreaming and doing. And I'm sure you all know what I mean by that. But it gave me such confidence. um, And it gave me a lot of inspiration and a lot of I say confidence in that, you know, I can do it, I can do this, right. So it gave me a lot of information as well. And again, the inspiration to just give it a go. So I owe a lot and I feel really privileged to have a chat with her today. In our conversation today, though, I did I learned that she used to have retail stores, I didn't even know that. So she's going to share a little bit about that. And to be honest, she's going to share some like the hard stuff, right? We don't share just the good stuff here. She's going to share, you know, the hard things and some of the hard truths that happened along the path. Uh, It hasn't been an easy 43 years of business. Can you all imagine and relate to that? But she's going to share a little bit of all that. So it's just an incredible conversation. Okay, so settle in, grab your earbuds and listen in and let's get inspired by this extraordinary entrepreneur. Running a retail business doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to the Creative Shop Talk podcast, the go-to podcast for creative shop owners, studio owners, and independent retailers. I'm your host, Wendy Batten, retail business coach and mentor. Each week, I'll share simple proven business strategies, inspiring stories from fellow retailers and advice from industry experts. Together, we're going to work to find the success you want from your retail business with more profits in your till and a little more joy in your life.
So friends, I am here today with, I'm just so excited, I can't even, I'm having a hard time not gushing, and I have a piece of paper in front of me that says do not gush, because I'm here today with Joe Packham, and I'm so excited, Joe, to have you here. Thank you for being on the podcast. Oh my gosh, it is such an honor, and gushing is hilarious, because patience is something that you need to have with me because I just keep rambling and talking and get so excited. So it is such an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you very much. I really do have this paper that says do not, my husband told me not to, don't gush. I really do have that here. So thank you for your time. My listeners have been excited. They actually know that I gush, not gush. I speak a lot too. So we should be a great pair here today. (laughs) So I am so flattered. Something that you don't know, and I'm going to, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself, but I want to share a little story that I didn't share with you before we jumped on, but you were my first business mentor. (laughs) You don't know that, but, uh, and I'm getting, look, I'm getting all red here, but one of the, when I first started my business, when I first dabbled into it. And I, I share this regularly that I started my business because my daughter told me I needed a hobby other than her. That was many moons ago. And I like, there was no other outlet or there was nobody doing anything in my community. I lived in a small town and your magazines, when I found them just opened a whole world of imagination for me. This is where I'm going to gush. I'm going to get really sappy here for a minute, but it really inspired me that I could, I could do that. I could do that. I mean, there were blogs and there was a few things, but your magazines are still treasures to me to this day. And when we did downsize and move, and I have shared this on the podcast before, um, the only thing I brought with me as far as paper, you know, paper products and stuff, because we're a very tiny house, were your magazines. I, and I have ones that go way back and you, so you're my first business mentor, whether you know it or not. So thank you. I wanted to say that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're just, your magazines have been amazing. So thank you for being here. I want to get that out before I forgot to share that, but, uh, and to let you know, but I would love to know, can you share with my listeners a little bit about your journey, your business journey? We hear about all the other people that you share in your magazines and you know, what, What is your business journey? How did you get here? Oh my gosh. My business journey has been a rough road. I have to say, I, I am not one of those that, that can say in, you know, in six years built a billion dollar business. That's just not what I did. And I started, I started with a retail store. I was driving down the street from San Francisco to Sacramento with my husband who just graduated from law school and I hated California and I was late and we had this brand new baby and I said in out of nowhere I said I'm gonna move home and open a retail store and he said you're gonna do what and I said I hate California I'm gonna go home take Sarah open a retail store you can come or you can stay And so he thought about it for a while because he loved California and he wanted his law practice there. But we moved home and I opened a retail store and we sold art supplies to the university. I partnered with my very best friend. And one thing, I mean, I have a million stories, but 
one thing led to another. Um, the store led to publishing cross-stitch books. The cross-stitch books le led to publishing hardbound books. The hardbound books led to publishing magazines. And this is my 44th year in business for myself. And it's been the greatest of times and the worst of times. And so that's what I always like to say to retailers is that we at one point worked with my daughter. She hated publishing. So I owned a couple of buildings in the historic district of Ogden. And so she opened three retail stores and we experimented with those for a while. And then she moved on and I went back to concentrating on publishing. So it's been a crazy road. Wow. So how long ago would it have been that you opened that very first retail store? When was that? Like, for, was that the 44 years ago? Is that when you started? Was that your very first endeavor? My very first endeavor was the retail wow. store. And know, then yeah. the second series of stores that Sarah opened that were in the buildings were opened about 20 years ago. Wow. That is, uh, that is a journey. <laughs> <laughs> so when so when was the first magazine so you and at one point you had four magazines correct right. I, maybe more I don't know no, just I knew about four and now now there's two correct there's obviously a story there because I miss I'm like I'm like look at me I'm going to show like if you I know my listeners every mag look at the I'm there all dog-eared like look at you uh, that's just like a handful I'm like I'm like ridiculous but the where women create business right is is no longer so you've combined everything now into the the two that we have well what happened was when I worked with Stampington who was my first publisher we did we did cook we did where first, where women create, then we did where women cook, then we did business, where women create business. Then I left Stampington and went to Distacor in Canada and we added what women create. And then COVID took down Distacor and me at the same time. And then I found or was found by a new publisher, Matavor, in Boston. And they decided to start with the two most popular, which were where and what. So that's what we've started with. I've only been with them just a little over a year. So it's a very new relationship. So we're just getting our feet wet, so to speak. I didn't realize that because it's interesting. <laughs> it's like a nice clean line, right? <laughs> business is easy right <laughs> I was like so many and COVID has not you know COVID has been hard on everybody and being in the publishing industry I feel I, I don't know what do I know I know nothing about the public <laughs> industry other than I feel like people still love magazines I love magazines are you are, are you still I mean and the things you're doing right now and I'll get you to explain a little bit about that but I'm so excited to see your magazines every month, you know, or when I see them, uh, when I can find them. <laughs> They're hard to find where I live, just so you know. Let's talk to Matavor well, about that. We're going to start shipping them to you for we sure. Talk to Matavor <laughs> about that. But anyway, so yeah, they're, they're harder to find. But like, I'm excited about publish. Like, is it, do you find it's on the rise again? Where, where do you feel about that? Oh, I do feel that it is on the rise. Yeah. Um, but I think it's taken a little bit of a turn in that it's on the rise 
for really beautiful magazines. Yes. When you talk about uppercase, selvage, some of the really beautiful magazines that are out there because people do not want to be inundated with ads. They want their magazines to be an experience. They want to lose themselves in the beauty of the photography and the authenticity of the story and all those kinds of things. So we are actually at this moment in time doing better than we have ever done. And our sales, we have always been number two at uh, Barnes and Noble. And now we are the highest sell through magazine at Whole Foods, which is amazing for us because we're a $17 magazine. But I think, and it's interesting, all of my publishers, Stampington and Distacor, were newsstand sales publishers. And that's what we wanted. We wanted rankings on newsstands. We wanted to be purchased on newsstands. Very, very few subscriptions. And then when COVID hit, the reality came rushing in that we were too dependent on newsstands. And that's what took Distacor down and us because we had everything invested up there. And then when I thought about doing it one more time, I said, <laughs> I'm going to do this one more time. <laughs> I decided that I would focus on a subscription-based web-based publisher who still printed and still sold to newsstands, but whose main focus was on the web and through subscriptions. And I was afraid it would kill our newsstand sales, but all of the web presence and all of everything they're doing is just making newsstand sales even more aggressive, which surprised me continually. I, I love how you're evolving. And, and that's something that my retailers have had to do and retailers listening. I mean, we're independent. I think sometimes we think, you know, every, everybody else has it easy. Look at, you know, look at these fancy magazines, look at these big businesses. And, you know, we're just, we're all evolving. We're all changing. We all have to pay attention to our audience we all have to like you are doing and what you are doing what you have a membership now like you know I love it I think it's amazing I think that you know it's just done beautifully and it does fit the need now right you have the you know the online verse and subscription and the newsstand I still love a newsstand I am like that girl that loves I still love walking through a newsstand and thumbing through the magazines and looking for yours. And it's been a hunt here. So it's really kind of funny, but I do, I do see that, you know, evolving and evolution for independent businesses, no matter what size is important. And that's, I applaud you for doing that. How did you, I I heard you say, I've heard you say a couple of times and I heard you say uh, in another interview recently that, you know, you had to get back up. You had to (laughs) keep pushing through. And I think a lot of people listening right now are probably <laughs> feeling that it's this, this uh, non-court life is what I always kind of joke about. So, you know, it's not an easy gig and it's not made, it's not for everybody. Um, and we, but we choose to do it. We could go, we could all just quit and go work for the man or go work for a woman or go work somewhere else, go work for corporate, whatever. We don't, we want to keep our passion and we want to keep it. What drives you and how, what makes you get back up and go at it again and push through this hard and it's hard. It's really, really hard. 
but I think it's a personality type. I think you're born with that. I have never been able to work for someone else. I got kicked out of school in the sixth grade because I couldn't get along with the teacher. I had 16 jobs before I was 21 because I always thought I knew more than the boss, you know, and it's, and I have hit the ground and lost absolutely everything three times. And I would like to say in my defense, mm. it wasn't for bad business. It was, it was a situation like COVID. There were th the sale of the company that I was partnering with. There were all there were all kinds of reasons, and I've always had a legal team. I've always had an accounting team. I mean, I don't go into this stupidly or blindly, you know. But there are just when you're an independent entrepreneur, there are situations you cannot foresee or control, no matter what you do. And after I hit the bottom the first time. I, I was like, okay, I'm just going to stay down and let everybody take care of me. And nobody came to my rescue and nobody wanted to take care of me. And I'm, and I, after about a month or two, I thought, what the hell? I'm either going to have to get up and do something else or because I, I don't know how women find these guys that just take care of them. They pay all their bills. They take them on fabulous trips. I never had that, right? I just was, that was just never something that I was attracted to, I guess. I like the grit of hard work and, you know, being really, really involved. And so I tried laying down and not getting back up and nobody came to my rescue. So I just had to do it by myself. <laughs> And I do think that leaders need to lead and you're a leader, you're a definite leader. And that's, you know, like you just said, it's in your nature. You know, there's some, a drive inside you to create and build and do right. Like, and, and ideas that have to come out. I, I assume I'm, I'm putting, I'm just, no, you're, I, you're because exactly I see that, like, you're a visionary, you're a leader, you're, you know, I don't know that leaders can just lie down and say, I'm tired. I'm done. You know, so that, so, you know, I assume that's what's driving you and making you get back up three times. And that's, you know, it's a lot. And I think it's important for people to listen. I don't know. I think it's really important to think, to hear what you said and unpack that a little bit. You know, it's because we have a, a bump in a business or a fail in a business or something bad happens, it doesn't make us bad people or, you know, dumb or stupid. I've had people say, I'm not cut out for this because this, you know, this, this crushing pandemic you know, has, has, has crushed me. It's like, oh yeah, that makes you a bad person because you, you're not, it doesn't. And I think it's a really important lesson for people listening that self-employed life is hard and things happen sometimes that are out of our control. Well, and what happens too, or what's happened to me is I come from a very successful, my husband and my children are extremely successful and I have very successful friends. And when you hit the ground, they look at you and say, you made a really bad decision. You sh and I'm like, oh. I, I did not make a bad decision, but what happens is they lose their faith in you. And that is the most devastating of all is when something happens and you have to pick yourself back up. And this last time with Distacor and COVID, 
when I hit the ground. I have to say the people that I were the closest to didn't say a word, didn't acknowledge it, didn't say, is there anything we can do to help? There was not one word spoken about anything. And it was the strangers in my life and the women that we featured in the magazine that came to the rescue with a GoFundMe campaign that I didn't even know about. They did it behind my back. And it's what saved the magazines. It's why we're here today. It's a really interesting story. Wow. In human that is, that's the community you built because you build, you build and that's, that's powerful. That's very powerful. We talk a lot about it in, on the podcast here. And we talk a lot about it in my coaching groups about building this, this community around you, because sometimes the people closest to us don't get what we're doing yeah. or ask, like you just said. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's very powerful. And I'm, you know, I want to reach out and punch the people that are around you. <laughs> so I, I just, I, but I do hear, I, we, we, I, I, I guarantee you people listening right now are nodding their heads saying the, that's right people around me don't hear or they don't they're or they're like oh you know Wendy and her little craft business that's what somebody said to me once like you know it must be nice to play arts and crafts all day you know you know and I, I'm like dude I'm working like a hundred <laughs> hours a week like at the time you know it was just mm -hmm. you know it's just they don't and these are this was these are close people these are close people. So, um, so thank you for sharing that because I think, you know, the ivory tower that, you know, the successful people look like they live. Everybody has hard times. Everybody has people mm -hmm. around them that don't support, but building this community I, I, and what you've done and how you foster community is amazing to me. I, I feel part of your community for the last, like I yes, still, you like you're, you're, you're like my photo albums and my magazines are in my, are, are the only thing that came with me. I'm not even kidding, but that's because of the community that you built even in those magazines. And, um, you know, so thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that. I think that's a really big, big thing to, for people to listen to. And again, business is so hard. And, and I know we don't want to always be like, I think he's mentioned to me before we jumped on that, you know, I don't want to be Debbie Downer about her hard businesses, <laughs> but it's the reality. We're always evolving. We're always learning. There's always going to be um, I say a lot, new level, new devil, like just because we get made it to this success. Well now, Oh, look, now I have a whole bunch of people I have to manage and Oh, look, we made it to this or you do, you know, and then, Oh, back, back down here. Right. So it doesn't matter whether you're a, you know, an, a small independent working by yourself in your, in your studio or booths. I have a lot of booth space listeners and, you know, DIYers or a multi retail business. There's going to be, there are going to be things, right? Yeah, so I don't care how small or how big you are, there are stumbling blocks along the way. And it just, that's why in retail, I just, I mean, I advocate for a community in all things we do all the way around because it's impossible for each of us to be good at everything. Yeah. That is just an unrealistic dream, right? And we need to surround ourselves 
You need to surround yourself with people who are not like you, who can do things that you cannot do, and you have to be very guarded. You have to trust them, work with them, but you have to be very guarded not to completely depend on them because all of us have our own private lives and things get in our way. So if you're depending, if I'm depending on you, you know, 100% all the time, something's going to happen in your life, either between you and I, between you and your children. I mean, things just happen and people go different directions. So you have to be prepared for that. But to try and do it by yourself, from my perspective, is absolutely impossible. I just don't believe that. Yeah. I don't know anybody who does it by themselves. And I think we could have a whole topic conversation about partnerships and trusting people. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> partnerships are not part of my community. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've seen some successful ones. I've been part of not so successful ones. I've seen lots of, yeah. So, so, and trust is a big thing. Again, thank you for bringing that up. Trust is a big thing as well. Having too much trust that's why I'm a big believer in like systems and procedures and like you know everybody's we're all replaceable I'm replaceable we're all replaceable so you know it's but it's important to have I also want to pull out what you said about you know you have to have people that look at things differently I am really unorganized I come across, I teach, you know, about being a planner and being organized. I'm really good at, you know, the certain things of my business. I love my business. I'm really good at whatever. But if it wasn't for like my team, you and I wouldn't be talking here right now. (laughs) Somebody set this up so that you showed up and I showed up and there's a Zoom link working. Like, I don't mean so. So I think we all need to have the people that build their strengths. I don't want to spend hours and hours and hours figuring out Zoom links and all the things, right? I want to serve and do, you know, for my people. And I, and I see you do that as well, too. So I think it does take a village, as they say, it does take a good, a strong community and fostering community, but the right community too, right? So it's important. Well, that's why you're such a good coach is because of the creative side of you, right? I mean, I think a lot of coaches are too analytical and too organized and, you know, come from that perspective and they're, and they're dealing with entrepreneurs who are all about creativity and who cannot relate to the analytical side of it all. And I think that's why you're so good with your people because you recognize that. No, I say we are a unique breed and I, and I think we are, but I do think we do need to know the number side and we do need to know that stuff. But honestly, I try to teach that in a like creative way (laughs) because we know, but we can't be ignorant. So, and I also don't believe that to what you said, I can't just hire an accountant and say, you take care of all my numbers. I got to have my hand in there now. That was where I I think a lot of us go sideways. And again, new level, new devil. As we get deeper, as we grow, we need to have, we need to have understanding of those conversations. And that, you know, I say regularly again as well, that we have to have our business foundations, but we can know enough to be dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) like no enough to know to know and know enough to know like what what's working what's not working and how to evolve what what needs to happen but then sort of stay in our zone of genius as well as far as you know but we do need to be we do need to know enough to be dangerous so that we can 
keep an eye on things so that they don't go amok and other people don't run our businesses. Well, and it doesn't disappear while you're off doing something else. You know, right. somebody walks in one day and says, you know, you're done um, because there isn't any more money in the bank, right? So you do have to be aware. But I do think that from what I know of creative people, they're also equally as creative with their money. When you're when you're down and out and there there isn't anything left, you think, well, I'll just do this, right? And then we'll start building back up again. And and I think people who are analytically business people don't have that degree of creativity to do that. They they can't switch as fast. I think you have to have a little bit of both. And I think it's easier to take to train <laughs> to train us to understand our numbers than it is to train somebody to be passionate and creative right like See, can, I don't believe you can train somebody to be creative no I that's what I mean I you, yeah, I can learn yeah. I can learn my numbers but I can't teach somebody to be creative yeah. like I mean yeah, you know exactly. I can teach you to explain so we all we used to often joke that like accountants can't run businesses right like like <laughs> or our type of businesses anyway so like they they really couldn't because if it was all just dollars and cents then there's that passion and heart so that my listeners, most of the listeners listening are independent family owned, you know, we're like independent owned businesses and that does take creativity and it does because what constraint causes creativity is that what the, where it comes from? I mean, when you got to figure out how to outfit your whole you know, we've got $800 to outfit our whole shop. And, you know, we're not a multi-million dollar retail business. We get really clever. My very first studio, it's really funny. My very first studio through lots of really cool community things happened. My friend had a space and we just like, oh, let's just open a shop. Anyway, not how I recommend it, but it worked. And you know, we did some really cool things. We had like these farm lights hanging down over my workshop tables in my, in my studio. And everybody came in there like, oh, those are so cool. Where did you get them? And I'm like, I literally bought them at the farm store. <laughs> like, they were like farmer lights, not, you know, there was no fancy <laughs> restoration hardware lights in my studio. And people would come in and they'd be like, wow, those are fancy. I'm like, we spray paint at the block. And they, you know, they're, they're literally chicken lights, you know, and we were picking and, you know, we got really creative, but again, that's what we had to do. And I, you're right. I don't think like an accountant would come in or somebody yeah, who's just analytical come in and build those types of businesses. We do get very creative when we have to be right. So that's how it works. Right. So we have to be brave too. And I don't think bravery and courage, I think is a really big part of what we do. Like, you know, as far as being self-employed and being creative, creative minded and business orientated, and that's not always easy. How do you push through? Like, how do you, how do you get your bravery? How do you become courageous? Is it just do it and figure it out as you go along or do you have any secrets um, for that? I, I think, I also think you're born with that. I think there are some people who just, if you lose confidence in yourself, you always have confidence in someone else. And I think that's why I do my magazines the way I do. I think there are always stories about other people because that's how I build a community. I believe in strength together. Mm -hmm. And when one of us is down and weak, there are 10 others in this community that will talk you off the ledge. Right. And so, but I think you're born with that. I think it's the difference 
personally, I think it's the difference between an entrepreneur and a businessman. And the way in my down home kind of explanation that I have is an entrepreneur open, let's use restaurants as an, as an example. An entrepreneur opens um, the restaurant of his dreams. It's the, let's just say it's a hamburger place. He's always wanted to do gourmet hamburgers. After he's done it for a while, he decides he wants to do a second restaurant because he can see the the efficiency in having two, but he's not going to open another hamburger restaurant. He's going to open a taco restaurant or he's going to open a bar or he's going to do something. So pretty soon he's opening all these things that are kind of related, but totally different. Where a businessman is a chain guy. He seems, he sees a really good money-making opportunity in McDonald's or Starbucks or whatever it is. And he opens 250 more that are exactly the same, you know? And so that's the difference for me. And I think the entrepreneur or the creative business person surrounds themselves with other creative people. And I believe in this. I believe in conversations and getting together and traveling to friends and saying, you guys, I'm down and I need your help. And I want everybody to throw their ideas out there. And then I'm going to take them and do what I want to do with them. Right. And I think that's why my magazines are exactly the way they are, so that we all have a place to go and people that we know. I mean, we don't have to go hunt down strangers. We know their stories. We know how to get a hold of them. We know that they've been through what we've been through. And so it's, you know, we're building all the time, but we're very stable as a group. I just love that. That's, that's so it's, that's a great analogy of the two, right? It's not just about the business side of it. It's about experiences and the other, the, that person's having fun too, having way more fun <laughs> and using their brain too, right. And having fun with it too. So just a really great, uh, so true and gathering. Oh man, I miss gathering with other right. people so much. I'm just like, this one-dimensional, you know, I just really am. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. So, when's your first conference? You said you had a, you had a studio, and is I did. Part, that's I had part a of beautiful yeah. studio. I've had a couple actually, and I lost the second one, which I really loved. The urban studio, COVID yeah. took it down. I just didn't have a choice. I, Sarah says, "Mom, you didn't lose your studio, and that because you sold it for an enormous profit." But for me, it was my, it was the place I went to It it held my heart and all my memories. And it was in the center of Ogden, which I really, over the years, have helped to build my little town. It sounds yeah. like your little town, only we're yeah. in the mountains, right? <laughs> and I've worked really hard for 40 years to build it, to be, or to be on the team that built it, to, and the creative ideas were mine. I did Christmas Village. I did a 70 horses for Ogden Pioneer Days. I did all the creative stuff, you know, and I was so wise in my organization of the Downtown Alliance that when uh, Sarah and I put it together and made the rules, I said that you had to have a presence in the community, on the street, a business to belong because bankers would come in and everybody would come in and nobody understood 
what was really needed on the street. And when I lost my building, I lost my place in the community on the street. And that wow. hurt more than anything. Wow. It wasn't the physical I, structure. It was the, yeah. it was the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. That you built, that you built, right? I did. I built yeah. the whole, I helped build. I mean, nobody builds anything by themselves. And I took the creative end while Sarah took the business end and other people, everybody had a, a role to play and it, it was all of us, but we were together. There were a group of six of us in the beginning and together we built our downtown and we're very proud of it. And now I'm not part of it anymore. And I hate that more than anything, I hate that. So I think probably in my future, there's another building down there somewhere that's calling my name. Right. I was just going to say, never say never. <laughs> I have learned that there's no such thing as, ne as never. And I've also learned there's no such thing as forever. So like when we sold our forever dream home, and, you know, and ran away to this little house that we live in now, you know, that was my forever home. So your, your next building might be down there just waiting for you to discover it or your next adventure. For the right there. time and the right yeah. place. Right? Yeah. I do remember your studio, your, your studio though. I mean, that you, that was on my strive list. I call it a strive list of things that some, you know, someday I'm going to go. To oh, it was there, beautiful. So. It really was. Yeah, it did look beautiful. So, yeah, yeah. but we loved um, it. the next one will be beautiful too. Right. So <laughs> exciting though especially as a creative brain or as a passion you know filled I, I don't think we all like I don't know the, the days of like this is how we're weird right this is how we're weirdly wired that you know we didn't go to lawyer school lawyer school law <laughs> university school. law school thing. I was like that doesn't sound right sorry right but we didn't go lawyer to law school, school. Good. I know exactly what you're yeah, talking about yeah so we didn't go to law school you know become and then you there's like certain avenues you take as a lawyer you know you take or whatever and there's just sort of like this predictable thing that might happen to you and for for me especially and I see this for you and almost everybody that I work with it's this kind of like accidental entrepreneurial journey right we're just moving along we're one day we're doing this and then I mean we're building empires and buildings and, and building a business and a brand but I honestly don't know where I'll be in five years because I would never have predicted that I would be sitting here with you you know from my fishing village, I coach retailers all over the world now. It's incredible. And having a chat with you, like you just can't predict. I don't think that we can dream up where the road's going to lead. We can, I, and I think that's kind of exciting and fun. Like as long as we're doing something that's exciting and fun, I guess it just, we don't know where the road's going to go. So we don't know where the road's going to go. So that can I have be fun. To say, you know, when I met you on the other podcast and nobody said where you were from and when I was reading your bio today and it said NS I thought to myself well that's Nova Scotia but she can't be in Nova Scotia because I just talked to her I just assumed you were here right <laughs> somewhere <laughs> so I had to go google it and look it up to make sure I knew what I was reading it was uh, yeah I am I mean I am. it is the one good thing that COVID did is it brought us together from far away more often we can be together more often and I do think the the events will come back and I think we'll start traveling again and meeting in groups it's essential for us we don't do well alone 
I don't, I do not do well alone. <laughs> so I am just, you know, itching. I actually just, um, I just booked a, a small gathering here in Nova Scotia for creatives oh. to meet up. And because I was just like, all right, it's time people. And we're going to start small. And, you know, I've had two retreats cancel uh, in the U S I love to travel. We're going to get together. We're going to have something. <laughs> I'm going to meet you and we'll have well, a conversation. I'm, I'm coming. So, so just make sure I know. Yes. And <laughs> such an open invitation. I was telling uh, Joe prior to uh, jumping on, I said that we are, if you don't like, if you don't mind not fancy and you don't need fancy, we love to host people here in our little fishing village in Nova Scotia. So anytime you just give okay. me, just give me 24 hours to clean the house. <laughs> so I can put something together in 24 hours. So I do think though, it's important just back, you know, back to the gathering and the, the, the difference in how we are creatives and how our, our, I keep, I call it the weirdness. I mean, I don't know, I shouldn't call it the weirdness, but we're just unique and different. And I think sometimes running businesses like and trying to be that that businessman that you that you said earlier I think like there's freedom and not having to be like that there's a really big freedom in saying like I could I I hope people feel this sigh of like oh it's okay that I'm not running my business like my corporate friend is up the street we don't always get the advice from people, maybe our corporate lawyers and our corporate accountants and our corporate, like they don't get us either sometimes, which is weird. There's a whole, <laughs> well, there's a whole missing, I feel like there's a whole missing segment of small business accounting. Oh, and yeah. Mm -hmm. And like my, like it took my accountant a long time to understand that we're like very multi-passionate. Like, like we do like different <laughs> things in my business. And he's like, well, what do you mean? You like, you're just a store. I'm like, no, we also do retreats and we do this and I do coaching and it's all, you know, under one umbrella. And he's like, whoa, I don't know. Like, you know, they, they, they just don't get our weirdness. No, <laughs> so I do feel like it's, it's comforting to hear and to have conversations with others, understanding like there's business foundations. Yes. We have to know our numbers as we, you know, mentioned, and there's lots of other things, but it's okay. It's okay not to be in that corporate box, I guess. It's, you know, that's why we do what we do. We have this beautiful creative business that we're growing and, and we need to surround ourselves with lots of people who get it and understand and can help and support. And as I mentioned at the beginning, you were my first mentor because I didn't even know the world existed. So the stories that you share in the magazine or you shared that I would read, I'd be like, there was, you know, there's always everybody's the big I would see the big picture from lots of different angles so the ideas start percolating and that's what community's about right understanding <laughs> they were all my friends even though you were my friend even though you didn't know it but you know but then you know then you start expanding and broadening so again your community that you have um you know right now going it's beautiful your newsletters are beautiful and your conversations and all Thank of you. it's all really it's really comforting. And I think it's important to find those people that understand and surround yourself, like your circle, like you said, your, your circle uh, that supports you, that gets you and supports you, gets your weirdness, <laughs> right? Gets your weirdness. But So yep. what's next for you? I want to honor your time. I know we could gab forever, but like, what's next? What, what's on the, what's exciting right now? What's happening? And that's exciting for you and your business. Well, it's all the things in uh, conjunction with the website, I think we're working on the magazines and they're doing better than ever. And they're my first love, mm -hmm. but 
we're Matavor was responsible for putting that website together and we're working. It's not the way we want it to be exactly yet, but we're working towards that. And I think you give us another six months or a year. And I think the website will be as stunning and as all inclusive as the magazines are. And it's just, I came at it from knowing nothing. I mean, I had a website, but it wasn't interactive. It was just, you could see what magazines were for sale and that was all there was to it. So I'm focusing on, on the website and just growing the magazines in this community. And I would like to add one more magazine back in. I loved Cook. I really loved Cook. But, you know, no, I don't know. Maybe we'll do... Uh, my past publishers have always done what are called SIPs special interest publications. Yep. So we, we would try a quilty magazine or a cookie magazine or a whatever magazine. And I'm hoping that we can do that with Matavor one of these days, but we're still trying to get our feet on the ground and make it all work. It's expensive. Publishing is getting more and more expensive and the supply chain issues are real. I mean, yeah. we're, we're late on newsstands by two weeks with this summer issue because they couldn't get paper. That's incredible, isn't it? Uh, yeah. And it just, it's help, It's happening with everything. But hopefully, I would hope that people are getting more, and I see people getting more understanding. Yeah. I know it doesn't help sales and you need, you know, we need to get it on the newsstand, but it's not as, I don't know. I feel like as annoyed as people get lately with short fuses i also feel right. like there's been expansion as well of understanding of those things as well so i agree um will we see a cookbook or just I a magazine i don't i'm like now i want i, I want, want to see your favorite cookbook. <laughs> I, want to see your cookbook. I did books i did books for 17 years right. and i published over a thousand titles and i loved it and it was a natural progression but i love the magazines more yeah. The magazines are continuous. They build more community. They're, you know, you write a story and you're done rather than trying to come up with a hundred cross-stitch designs and fill a book. By the time an author gets finished with her book and sends it to the publisher, she wants to change what was in the beginning because she has so many new ideas. They seem old, right? <laughs> yes. and, and it's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. with magazines, it's like you do it in a week and you get it done and we print it. And if you want to do another one, we'll do another one. Yeah, that's exciting. On something else. That's exciting. So again, back to that creative mind. So how do you say, <laughs> one quick question before we, how do you stay, like you're so creative. How do you stay on track without the squirrel creative brain? Like, ooh, shiny object syndrome is what, you know, what we say. Like, how do you not, follow all these beautiful ideas that you have because <laughs> I mean you must see everything and I was like oh I can do that I like how do you stay focused I I stay focused now because I have I work with Matavor who is the <laughs> partner who is in charge of the printing and the publishing and everything and and to do anything extra I either have to pay for it myself or I have to get their approval. In the beginning, when we started with cross-stitch and stuff, I was in charge of everything. 
So we did our own printing, our own shipping, our own distribution. We had our own warehouses. So when a shiny object came running by, we did hand-painted cookies. We did porcelain dolls. We created clothing. I mean, there were so many side ventures. I, I can say that I've probably produced something of everything at one time in my career. So it's metaphor that's keeping me because we need people right we need people i know i regularly yeah. say my assistant is the one who keeps me like yeah. she's like no you said we were doing this this quarter and we're doing this like you know so yeah so well we can have side passion projects like maybe what you're going to do downtown and you know or well maybe, yeah my maybe. studio was a side passion project and you know i do have side passion projects with you know, different people. And I think our traveling, like attending events and teaching at them and, you know, doing whatever we do are kind of our side passion projects because you can do a, a small, like I can go to some place and I can teach business or publishing, or I know how to do lots of crafts from all the books I published. Right. <laughs> so I can teach one of those or take a teacher with me and be part of the group and still feel like I'm doing something new. So it's not always just proofing manuscripts, which is which, what I do a lot of. Which, again, we could keep talking about this. And I, <laughs> that's <laughs> actually something that happens with retailers, with my shop owners. Like, you know, like you build this beautiful shop, you get it running, you nurture the customers, you build a community, although it's been a little bit not like that the last couple mm -hmm. of years last couple of years has been more survival mode but sometimes it's like okay how do we not get shiny out? how do we foster and grow this particular brand and business that we're growing versus getting all these side passions so maybe we just need to think of them as side passions and stay on that main track maybe we all need a matador in <laughs> I think your team at Matamor, you actually said to me, like, no, we're the boss of you. No, I'm just kidding. But they do. It's pretty true. <laughs> but again, I think we all do need to have, you know, at least a, a goal and a, you know, a, a straight arrow or an arrow uh, where we're headed. So uh, to stay on track. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, I appreciate that as well, too. And on that note, let's talk about your magazine. So your team has, and you have graciously, decided or offered to give a subscription away to a lucky listener so i'm so excited i want to thank you for that of course. Um, we're going to run a little contest and the details will all be in the show notes and we'll share that a little bit in the closing notes so i don't on how we're going to do that but thank you so much i wanted to thank you for that because if you haven't if you're living under a rock and you have not <laughs> read the magazine any of the magazines you got to go out right now and get one or uh try for the uh subscription to win the subscription thank you so much joe for being here i i'm oh. just so honored and so flattered to have you here before we wrap up i always ask my guests if they have a favorite saying or motto or something they just like to leave with my listeners that would encourage them something that might inspire you or encourage them is there anything that might pop up in your mind? Well, one that I actually stenciled on the walls of work and that I use all the time is that wherever you are in your journey, take notes, keep notes, take lots of pictures and travel safe. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really nice. Thank I love you. that. Thank you for sharing that. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, 
tell you a funny story as we close up. You have a sign in your office. It's on your website, but I, I'd seen it before. I don't know if you've had it for a long time or a long time. Yeah. So I have those words written down and, and they are cheer, cry, vomit, bitch, and hope. And I really feel like that. I thought that's what you were going to share. I was like, is that her favorite saying? So yours was way more elegant, but I love that. But I love that you, that is so, that's so entrepreneurial grit too, though. So I do love that. And I have had that I'll bet I've had that for 30 years and um, it's always hung on my wall and I always put it in the magazines and I put it everywhere and all my publishers nicely call me up and say, Joe, do you think that's appropriate? And I say 110% because it's what every artist I know has been through. It's, It's your battle cry. It's all the stages that we go through. Yeah, I've had that. I've had that on my wall. Remember, <laughs> fangirl here, but I've had that on my wall for a long time too. And I was like, and then I saw that you actually had, I wasn't going to mention it, but I thought, oh, she has it on her website. Like you have it full frontal on your website. So I'm like, I'm going to bring it up again too. I love that. And I think it is a great battle cry. So on that note, thank you so much, Joe, for your time you. and your, your graciousness and bringing to my community. I'm just so grateful. And I know my listeners will be too. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's been an honor. Okay, friends, isn't Joe just awesome? I really hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did. I tried not to gush, but you know, you you know how I am, right? But there were moments. So as you heard us mention, Joe and her business team are giving away a full year of what women create to one of our lucky listeners. Isn't that awesome? I think that's so cool. The contest will run from now until May 31st. It's 2022, just in case you're listening in replay. All of the details will be on our show notes at wendybatten.com slash 106. So you'll find out all the information there so you can join us. So thanks, my friends, for listening today. I am just, I mean, I'm on a cloud. I don't know why I can share that with you, right? We're, we're friends. I was just really excited to chat with her. So I hope again that you did find some inspiration from this incredible woman. So follow me on Instagram and chat. Let me know. I'd love to know what you think of the podcast and our interview and what else you'd like to hear. Hit me up and let's chat. I love chatting with you in my DMs at Wendy Batten Biz. So we'll see you soon.